This is The Lover and The Fighter Podcast with Josh Cohen and Dean Thomas. Indeed, it is the latest edition of The Lover and The Fighter Podcast. What episode are we on, Fighter Dean Thomas? I'm going to say 12. If I had to take a guess, I'd say 12. Producer, BWG, Christina. What episode are we on? Uh, she says 11 or 12. She says 11. It I just, remember saying 11 at one point. It doesn't matter, bro. It doesn't matter. I would be the lover in this equation, brother love, a.k.a. J to the C. Some know me now as Big Pink, a.k.a. Pink King, a.k.a. Doppelganger McGregor. No. Why is he wearing... All right, we're done with the theme right now. Let's get started on this. Why, why is Conor McGregor dressing like me? For his first public appearance since we had our interaction, why is he wearing exactly what I was wearing when he and I got into it? This is the first time he's had a public appearance since. Is it really? Like, that's weird to me that it would actually... I mean, knowing the buzz that you got off of the the altercation, yeah. he would wear the exact same outfit is my On his first yeah. public appearance since. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. All right, so again, that would be Dean Thomas, the new UFC king of all media, television, podcast, episodic, digital media. You got a, When's the series coming out? They shot this summer in Vegas with uh, the All Access. Or oh, whatever. the All Access? That, that came out already. It's on Fight Pass. Oh, oh it it's is? On, yeah, it's on a UFC... Um, I forgot compound. Or um, a lot of people sure. must watch it because I haven't heard one thing about it. Is it a bad well, sign? No, so basically, it wasn't just all on me. So like they had other people involved. So it was like they followed a couple of people around. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Did, did you and I doing the radio show? Did that make it on there at all or no? To be honest with you, I have. So you watched. didn't watch it either. No. Dana White looking for a fight pre-show on ESPN, ESPN two on the desk post-show on ESPN plus. You're everywhere, and of course, for the big pay-per-views, you are on the coach's corner, which you'll be. A week from this coming weekend for two sixty. What are we at? Two sixty six. Two sixty six. Two sixty six. Live from Las Vegas International Fight Week. Yeah, that's got, crazy. In September, I love it though. Got pushed back because of COVID and restrictions. Playing catch up. So Hall of Fame induction and triment will be on Thursday, and then uh, Friday, you know, it'll be a uh, face off, aka you know, weigh in ceremonially, and then Saturday, great fight card. Yeah, but, but we're not here to talk about that just yet. We'll talk about that next week. We'll talk about that next week. For this episode, 11 or 12, whatever the hell it is, we don't know. We don't care. Uh, Dean Thomas, uh, actually, before we get to the main event, obviously, let's discuss quickly Conor McGregor. And again, trending for the ninth consecutive week, ninth consecutive week on Twitter because of deliberate actions of his. Not because somebody else brought something up, not because he's in the news, but because he put himself in the news with either defamatory or insulting or uh, you know indecent tweets or his behavior outside. This past Sunday night, the MTV Video Music Awards, which I didn't know were still happening. Me neither. I mean, the, and I think the only reason why people knew it was still happening was because of this incident. Because of because this of incident. Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor uh, gets into it with Machine Gun Kelly, MGK, the artist, musical artist, new album, by the way, is Fire. Is it really? It's just banger after banger after banger. So that could be another reason why this all happened. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Machine Gun Kelly's girlfriend is the lovely, uh, well, she shares the title with you, is the most infamous people from Port St. Lucie, Florida. Right. Megan Fox. And I, and I know she spent some time there. I'm not sure how long, maybe a, a few years, like in high school or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, it took me it took me a lifetime to try to really put that place on a map. But, she did it in a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, it, she did it quickly because she became a movie star. Yeah. And uh, you were busy wearing T-shirts that said, uh, Google me, B-words. Yeah. Google yeah. me, bitches. Still working on getting Google my, me, bitch. What did yeah. it say on those T-shirts? Google me, biatch. Right. That's what it said. Yeah. For the Ricardo Mayorga crossover fight. Yeah. Which would have been the first 
of these MMA fighters versus a boxer. I know. You but, that was in, but, that was, but that was in MMA, too. So, like, it would have totally been, like, the first big-time Other MMA. Well, I mean, other than Rocky Balboa and Thunderlips. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, that uh, would have been or, the first. Or if you really want to go back, we could talk about Ali, uh, Ali and Antonio Inoki. Right. Yeah. And Inoki was on his back the whole time, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, on his back what, the whole time. like Up kicking? Up kicking and trying to call him down. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we remember this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> ABC Wide World of Sports 1977. <laughs> something like that on, on replay. So uh, Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly, they are big fight fans. And, and you see them there all the time. I see them there all the time. They sit... Um, cage side, yeah, they, they get they get set up, but they even do the ones in the apex. That's what I'm saying. Like that's how where fans aren't invited. That's how I'm. That's how I know that he's a fan of MMA. Like mm-hmm. if you're not a fan of MMA, you're not going to the apex because well, you're, you're talking going- about Connor. <laughs> I don't think he's a fan yeah, of MMA. Con- yeah, Connor's not. Connor didn't go to any fight. He's not on right. unless unless one of his guys is on. He wants to. fight. And what him. I tell yeah. you before, he ain't fighting until fans are allowed. He ain't yeah. fighting no apex. Right. That's right. why that happened in Abu Dhabi Fight Island. Yeah, for sure. But but Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox are in all the fights like the eight, so that's how I know he's a fan. Yeah. So for this incident to happen to me, if it wasn't staged, it was intentional on Machine Gun Kelly's part. He's Conor McGregor's not going to stage that. I mean, he's not going to participate in that. With, right. With with his broken leg, his titanium rods, and him slipping. And by the way, it does it's not a good look if not only can you not get to. But the skinny, bleach blonde little pop star that is—I mean, punked I mean, you. He he played. I mean, he played a, a concert, a, a party we did at the casino. I remember. So so I, you were there. Yeah, yeah. He is like six one in like one hundred and sixty five pounds. If that, if that, if that, he might be one sixty. Yeah, right. He didn't look the least bit worried. He didn't look the least bit scared. His nonverbals didn't indicate any indication of surprise, concern, or threat. Our eyes get big when we are surprised. Our eyes get big when we feel a threat. Do you know yeah. why that is? Because your limbic brain is telling you, get in as yeah. much vision as you can. Right. All of this body language isn't just when someone is um, nervous or scared um, in the sense of like, oh, in sport, look at he's he's clutching. You know, oh, he looks depressed. It's the things that are triggered by your limbic brain, like your eyes getting large. Mm-hmm. And that is a, a response. Your brain's saying, take as much as you can. When you are angry with someone and you are focusing in on them, yeah, your yeah. pupils constrict, your eyes constrict to narrow the field of vision so you can focus solely on them. Right. And not be distracted by other things. Now, you're not telling yourself, okay, I should squint my eyes. Because right, I'm yeah, angry. I want to see happening. what's coming. Right. Okay. Yeah. Your brain does it for you. Right. It's all limbic brain. The same stuff body language comes from. Machine Gun Kelly, not the least bit worried, scared or in any way uh, concerned with Conor McGregor approaching him. That's tr- this reminds me when T.I. was attacking, or, or other dudes when were attacking was, Floyd, Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather yeah. at, at Whataburger, yeah. or wherever <laughs> they were. Yeah, when T.I. was yeah, talking about Floyd Mayweather. Like, if you got a 160-pound, 6'1 rapper who's wearing a dress, and, and he's not concerned that you're trying to attack him, you may want to think, you may want to rethink your place in the fight game. Yeah, I mean, but honestly, like, we and we both know that Connor would absolutely maul him. Oh, without question. But the fact that he's not afraid of Connor is, is troubling. That's troubling. Yeah, it's troubling. It's kind of like Patrice O'Neill said, yeah. God rest his soul in comedy, um, right before he passed on one of those William Shatner, whoever, Comedy Central roasts, when, when he said, um, I'm not comfortable with how comfortable white people are with Mike Tyson. Right. Y'all are way too comfortable with <laughs> right, this. Right, right, right. Yeah, so like I don't know. That's what that's what made me think it was partially uh, staged mm-hmm. because I would think that he would still be afraid of Connor. Like no matter what, like Connor is still a professional. But 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 who does this serve? Connor McGregor has a criminal record where he has to you know act. 
in, in a manner that is consistent with what he promised the judges after his incidents with in New York with the dolly against the windows of the bus in the pub in Ireland in Miami with the young man's phone that he smashed all of these incidents. We've seen Conor McGregor in handcuffs. You know, we've seen him released on, well, I promise that I'll be good and pay the fine and be an upstanding citizen. How is he participating in this knowingly? Come but on. That, but, but I'm just saying, but again, how, why is he still doing it? Because he can't control himself. It's he, crazy to me. He, it's this beyond that. We've talked about this before. I'm concerned for Conor McGregor's well-being. I don't want to replay this in, you know, or, or have someone replay this sound in three weeks or three months and say, how did they know that he was on a destructive path of self-destruction? There's destructive paths, and then there's paths you put yourself on. And Conor McGregor's in the middle of an identity crisis. He wanted to be wealthy. He wanted to be famous. But at the time, he was also a very bad man. Well, he could whoop most of us right now in the street or inside of a cage. That's not the point. But those in the fight game, the intimidation factor is gone. They don't fear him. They know he's rich. They know he's famous. But they also laugh about the fact that, well, if you want to try this, we could try this. People calling him out. Yeah, that's it's crazy. Right? How the, how the tides have turned. I mean, it's how the turntables have Yeah, it's a full 360 because when he first came out talking all the garbage, yeah. everybody wanted to fight him to prove that he wasn't very good. Of course. Then when he showed that he was very good, and everybody was like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good on this. Yeah, they don't want to fight him no more. <laughs> all right, let's move along. Um, we, we're wishing the best for him. And also, Connor, I know you listen to this podcast, bro. Listen, man, I mean, you could pick any color scheme you want. Try not to pick the color scheme of the member of the media that 10-aided you in a press conference in July. <laughs> Just saying, because then my Twitter blows up all over yeah. again. I'm trying to live a quiet life under the radar. Yeah. Let's move on, Dean, to the main card of this Saturday night, UFC Fight Night 37 from the Apex in Las Vegas, Smith and Spahn. It is Anthony Smith, Lionheart, your boy, and Ryan Spahn, 6'5", Smith, excuse me, 6'4", 6'5", Ryan Spann, weighing 206 pounds apiece, reaches almost, well, three inches to the Ryan Spann favor. You know Anthony Smith. You just did a thing with him for Father's Day, I yeah. believe, for UFC. Yeah, and we're associates on, on the set. On, yeah. yeah. And, on, and on set. But yeah, like this, to me, this is a great matchup for Anthony Smith because this is a t- a t- an opportunity for him to really show what he's capable of fighting a young, hungry, up-and-coming fighter like Ryan Spann, who's got a he's got a great skill set, but I don't think it matches well against a guy like Anthony Smith. Really? Yeah, Anthony Smith's ground game is too good, and Ryan Spann is not good enough on the feet to really separate himself from Anthony Smith. All right, so in this fight, there's a takedown discrepancy, 28.57% Anthony Smith versus Ryan Spann, almost double, well, close, 41.67%. Um, this according to the ESPN.com stats. Anthony Smith, a minus 170 favorite. You like the chalk in this fight. Yeah, I do. I mean, even if it was higher, I would I would like it even if it was up to about 220. All right. Um, Joaquin Buckley back in the cage once again. Antonio Arroyo. Uh, Buckley with one of the most stunning knockouts in history. Remember, immediately became a superstar. And then tried to follow that up. Things didn't go as well. It's kind of tough sometimes to carry that. Well, that was the thing. Like, he did follow it up. He followed it up right after. And oh, that's then, right. And then, and then, and then, and then he right. got knocked out. And then he so got like, knocked but, out. But that's what you get when you're dealing with these guys mm-hmm. that are kind of all flash. Mm-hmm. Like, they're inconsistent. They're unreliable and kind of spontaneous. They're either going to really show up and give you some dynamite or they're, going, or they're not going to show up at all and actually maybe give the highlight reel to the other guy. I'm thinking about you, Dean Thomas, and your legendary career as a coach and corner and as a champion maker. And as I think about it now, you've never chosen to coach any of the flashy guys or girls 
that are showbiz Hollywood. Hey, look at me. You've not really. No, I don't like that because for me, I like to have consistent results. Like I'm trying to make careers for people, Mm. not, you know, one hit wonders. So like and I always tell people, don't worry about one fight because it's it's a matter of what you have done in your catalog of fights. You're like the Bill Parcells of MMA coaching in your philosophy. I don't want Hollywood. I don't want movie star. I want mm-hmm. consistency. Yeah. So instead of Bill Parcells, you'd be Bill Parsmells. Yeah, Barsmell. Barsmell. Barsmells. Barsmells. Yeah, Bill Barsmells. <laughs> like, sm- <laughs> Either one of those. Anything else real quick on this fight card from this uh, weekend? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple good fights on this Go- card. I, I actually like the uh, Panny Kianzad and Raquel Pennington fight. That uh-huh. is a major fight for the Bantamweight division. The winner of that is looking at title implications. And then actually the first fight of the night between Hannah Goldie and Emily, Emily Whitmore. Yeah. Hannah Goldie's your girl, yeah, Trent. Hannah's my girl, so, you know, I've got to give her a shout out because, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what she does here. Oh, we're sorry we ran out of time. We didn't want to do this. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast yeah. <laughs> and uh, follow on social media, D-I-N Thomas, on Instagram. I'm the former world champion on Twitter at Josh Cohen Radio. And we will catch you next week for the pay-per-view, the full fight week edition yeah. of the Lover and the Fighter podcast. So long, everybody.